letter, Paul was writing from a jail cell. As he often did, he would search his friends and Philippi. It's a very familiar letter when Paul opens up. He's thanking God for them. A little, little bit as well about the city. It's where people would go and retire to. It's kind of like the Florida of uh, Macedonia. If you were a Roman dignitary, uh, somebody, a soldier, you would go to Philippi and you would retire there. So there's a lot of pride in citizenship. And so a lot of the local Philippians uh, felt sense of citizenship being in the Thank you. 
encouragements. And every every student, every paper, every every leader is a good thing. And I've been doing this camp now for several years. And I see some envelopes. And on difficult days, a lot of times I'll go back and read what some of the students and some of these co-laborers have said about me. And it's a time of Christ encouragement to me. Encouragement is an important thing. And it's a thing that comes from Jesus. So we receive this from Christ. One encouragement is coming from other people, and that one in turn is worded as well. And he, he comes alongside us and encourages us. The Bible says that he also comforts in love. There in verse 1. There's an encouragement in Christ, and he comforts from love. Comfort from comfort and love, or comfort from love. The idea here is it's speaking down to whisper in someone's ear. That's the picture. That's the picture that, that Paul is communicating. Have you been encouraged? Has Jesus come and bent over and whispered in your ear? Has Christ done that for you? Has Christ comforted you in love like that? The image in my mind as well is of the whispering in the ears. I, I love to see uh, at, a, at a wedding reception when the bride and groom they get the dance. I just love just watching, watching that couple on that day. Awesome. It reminds me of the love that we have as well. And I love to watch the, the, the bride and groom dancing on the dance floor and the whispering things. And you don't know what they're saying, but little smiles come on their face and everything else. It's tender, right? Another picture that I have is my kids have gotten into riding bicycles a lot. Sometimes they fall over and they see their knees. The picture of the father coming alongside as that kid is crying and got we call them Bobos in Louisiana. You guys call them Boogles. Boogles are different thing in, in uh, Louisiana. Uh, one thing that is, if you want to put it there, it's going to make some difference. But the kids, they're crying, and, and, and it's, it's a comfort to hear. You don't shout from a, I love you! You know, you go over and you pick that kid up and you whisper in that baby's ear. This is the kind of tenderness that Christ gives us. He encourages us, he comforts us in love. And he says, give your participation in the Spirit. Romans 8 says, if you don't have the Spirit of God, you don't actually know Christ. So if you know Christ, then you can feel with the Holy Spirit. And you can have the Holy Spirit. And so we get to participate in the Holy Spirit. Um, we get gifts of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12 talk about some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Things like tongues and prophecy. Things like gifts of healing. It's not an exhaustive list, I don't think. 
with some of the things that the Holy Spirit in common will do in our lives. We also get to participate in the Spirit and we yield to the Spirit's control in our lives to do things like kindness and goodness and self-control. Into which God only 
from this challenge, but there is a kingdom also. Oh God, humble and accept my speech. There is a chamber in God Himself, and to which none can enter but the one, the individual, the peculiar man. I'm going to say peculiar man. Out of which chamber that man has to bring revelation and truth for his brethren. This is that for which he was made to reveal the secret things of the Father. Father to a follow man, of course, sometimes harder to follow, but basically the difference is God wants to use you. He wants to use you. The same way that you should be in a baseball card or whatever it was when you were a little kid, he wants to use all of that. He wants to redeem all of that. He wants to use you. He doesn't want to make you a robot or call on somebody else that is you. He wants to use you. And if there is something that he can reveal to you and through you, that he can reveal to and through anybody else in the exact same way. That's good news. That's good news for you. That's good news for you. That God loves us enough to participate with us in that kind of way and communicate to us in that kind of way as well. So that like mindfulness doesn't mean that we're all going to be exactly the same. He wants us to have one love, which is the same kind of self-giving, sacrificial love of Christ. He wants us to be full and full accord or one accord. Full accord or one accord means knit together. My buddy Matthew Clark says, not strangled. When a when cloth is woven together, when there's this one string kind of ripped out, it's a strand that's strangled. But when it's woven together, it makes something beautiful. It's knit together. That's how God wants us to be. And all of our peculiarities that wants us to be in harmony with one another, making one one mind comes from the Greek, the Greek word "torneo." Torneo. means the word for verb. That's kind of hard to translate into English from what I from what I gather from these commentators. It's a mindset that produces action, which is what God wants in us. He wants a mindset that produces action. A lot of times we kind of like gather information and we just we'll want to sit on it. That's not what he's talking about. It's a mindset that produces action. It's the same word translated tornado. It's, a, it's translated as attitude in verse 5. Attitude. Somebody say attitude. Attitude. Most times when you think of attitude, you think of a teenager rolling the eyes, doing his thing. Get it right, you know what I mean? So, but attitude isn't just isn't just a, a thing for negative things for for teenagers. An attitude is a mindset that produces an action. If somebody's got a bad attitude, and no matter what they do, they can be a Disney World. They still be rolling their eyes real hard. But if you have the attitude that Paul is talking about with this, it's going to produce something different. 
some kind of attitude of Christ in the service is going to produce service in our lives. Not that we just need to say, ah, we're not going to ask to serve too much. It's going to actually produce a similar attitude. Another word um, that you define the word for male is the word favor. It's a good topic. I've had it maybe like once or twice. But now if I go to Astro North Carolina, I can't come home into my house without somebody's chocolate. Like I will get a hard, you know, ask to, if I, you know what I'm saying? But I learned something about favoring watching my wife eat this chocolate. And she said, oh, she don't eat it like me. She don't eat it like a snake. You know what I'm saying? And you pop it in the mouth and you know, that was good. Like, you just try it and we're good, you know? So the way that you eat this chocolate, you can give me, and I can give it to her, and I'm sure I'm going to do it. She will put this chocolate, and she will close her eyes, and she, she's in another planet. I don't, I, don't, I don't know where she is. But she will just hold that little piece of chocolate with it. Stuff on the inside. What's it called again? The little chocolate and stuff on the inside? Chocolate. Yes, I knew somebody would get it. Um, get all that little chocolate in her mouth, man. And just a little smile is just kind of just like chocolate in the corner. I'm like, man, that is savory. Right? From here you have to pass it. Savory might be more like in a good state. You know, you don't want to just like. Take a bite and swallow it, you know? You know, you know with all of the, the flavors. Mmm, good. Savor. It's meditating on something until it produces some sort of action. The light mindedness, the light mindedness that God wants for us will be what we produce as we meditate on the things of God and the person of Jesus. Philippians 4 8. The whole book of Philippians basically revolves around chapter 2. So, this is a natural outworking of this meditation. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And God, and the God of peace will be with you. Notice he says, think about it and then practice it. He doesn't just stop on think about it. And he doesn't just jump right to practice. He says, think about it and then do something about it. Some of us have been meditating and savoring. Things that are not honorable. Things that are unjust. Things that are not pure. Things that are not lovely. Not commendable. Not excellent. 
not worthy of praise, what do you think that's going to produce in our lives? I spend too much time focusing the things of me is what Jesus called it in Matthew chapter 16. The things of me that were not going to produce the righteousness of God. Matthew 16, we have a little story of Peter. Remember, remember when Jesus said, Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Blessed are you, Son of the living God. For flesh and blood have revealed this to you, for my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. For God, three devils, switch, he did not, he did not Yes. Keep down one paragraph. And then you just keep saying, Jesus starts telling him how this is going to be accomplished, how the salvation is going to be accomplished, is that he's got to go and be put to death and buried, and he's going to rise again. Peter says, My man has been lost. He's, he's lost the whole courage of what we were, what we were doing. Let me help this brother out. The same brother that he just said, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living, he said, hey, man, come on. Man, I'm going to I can go home with you. I'm, I'm going to you know, level with you, keep you right on track. I think this is just Peter's heart rate. I think that Peter's heart rate, I'm just, I'm just serving this brother. I'm helping him out. And I'm keeping the vision like way up here, kingship, throne. I get to be on the right or the left, and we'll wrestle with John and David about that, but something's going to happen. We're going to make it to the top. Let me help you out. What did Jesus say? Get behind me. This is not the proneo, same word as the This is not having the things, this is the things of me. You see the stakes? It's like, it's, it's like we're walking on this tight, tight rope, and the tight rope is meditating on the things of God and having revelation from the Father. And there's a steep cliff on either side. When I meditate on the things of men, yes, destruction. Paul talked about it in Romans, about living according to the flesh and living according to the spirit. Romans 8, verse 5. Use the same word again, proneo, the mindset. You have a mindset that's on the flesh, and the mindset, the attitude, the savoring, that's in the things of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's very steep. It's not good, good words. No, it's um, because as a believer, I'm susceptible to this as well. It's not just people out in the world. As a believer, I'm susceptible to this as well because I have a sin nature. Do you have a sin nature? Do you say no? I'm going to ask you what. It's a major sin. Examples of what the meditation, what saving the things of men looks like. He says in verse 3, Philippians 2, verse 3, he says, Do nothing. And no Bible doesn't say do nothing, but sometimes it's mine who says nothing. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit. Rivalry. Some, some of the translations might say selfish ambition. This is the thing of men. Rivalry. Taxing. 
Somebody steps on my toes. I'm a competitive person. I want to. I want to play that game. I want to. Oh, you want to come at me like that? That your tribe got messed over by my tribe? I'm going to score. This is a rule. It's a rule. Never going to be competitive. I don't. I don't. I'm a player. But when it comes to life, when it comes to the, to the things of God, it's a rule. Thank you. 
don't do anything in the Bible, or don't do things, don't do more than count others more significant than ourselves. This is like one of the most radical things that's ever been said in the world. Consider, he's not talking about equality, he's not talking about tolerance, he's not talking about coexistence. He says, count others more significant than yourself. Lower yourself and serve somebody else. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Does this mean that you don't matter? Absolutely not. Because he's talking to y'all, right? He's talking to a group of people. So he says, you consider others better than yourself, and you consider others better than yourself. It happens on both sides. It doesn't mean that your value is less than the other person. God loves you. Remember, and remember what He's giving to you in verse one: the encouragement, the comfort, and love, participation in the Holy Spirit, affection, sympathy, compassion. He's giving all that to you individually. Christ has given us a new attitude about His Spirit. He's given us something new to savor, other than the things of this world and the things of man, the things that are seem like good ideas to us. And He offers it to us freely. We see to take hold of it and savor what it's true. And savor specifically this, starting in verse 6. Thinking about Jesus, he says, To those who was in the form of God did not come in quality with God a thing to be dressed, as he held on to for his own being. That's what Adam tried to do in the garden, remember that? He was grasping for his equality with God for his own name. Jesus is God, and he didn't, he didn't hold on to it so much that, that they wouldn't allow him to do what he, would, what he wanted to do, which was to serve. But he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself. God. God. Becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And therefore, God lifted him up. This is the example that we have in Christ. Jesus, God in flesh, came to be the greatest servant. And God exalted him as Lord over all. Mark 10 45 says this For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for me. We can't humble ourselves. It's impossible to humble ourselves more than Jesus humbled himself. Because no one started in heaven and came down. We're crying over this person is better, this person is better. Jesus came from here all the way down to wash his disciples' feet and to go to a cross. We're going to follow Jesus. We can't do it in our own strength. We have to receive and constantly receive from Jesus encouragement, comfort, and love. We have to constantly receive the compassion that comes from Jesus. We have to constantly receive a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit to accomplish this. We try to do this in our own strength. If this, if this is one of the things that exhausts me, that God wants me to serve, when's the last time you've allowed God to look me right in the eyes and say, I love you? 
What motivates them? What do you think about? What do you see? What do you put in your mouth and what's in your smile? What is that for you? If it's not this picture of Jesus and the things of God and the righteousness of God, it's going to produce fruit in you that you don't want to be there. It's going to produce death. What can I do? What type of social media are you getting into? What's your feed look like? What it has the Philippians 4, 8, and 9 text? It's pretty cool. Is it true? Is it lovely? Is it good report? Is it just? Is it commendable? Is it excellent? Why aren't Christians producing excellent things? We're not listening to and observing excellent things sometimes. We want excellence. We need to to savor it. Come on. Are you a selfish person? I confess, I am a selfish person. In my flesh, I am a selfish person. The whole everything revolves around me. It's ugly. I know it's easy to win something different. Than selfish and selfish and popular in my life. I know that Jesus because I know what I look like. I look selfish. Are you selfish? Maybe you said this morning, if I look out for myself, nobody will. Maybe that lie has been spoken over you. It was spoken over me. Maybe you've been wanting. Maybe you give and give and give and give and give and no one seems to reciprocate. You're always the one giving and never receiving. If you want to be wounded like that, maybe you need to talk to somebody this morning. Someone who, who will sit with you and listen to you and grieve that with you. That hurts when you give and give and you don't see anything. I think that's the motivation of our heart, right? Motivations that we see Jesus and we want to, we see that He's beautiful and we want to follow in His steps. And sometimes we pick up wounds along the way. Sometimes we can get that out with other people in the hands of Jesus. Sometimes we can just go and just have some real talk with Jesus. Psalms full of the singer coming to Jesus, coming to God, and saying, Man, what's going on with this? Where are you? I'm doing this and this and this, and nothing is happening. I'm being spent out. Man, I'm scratching a lot of backs, but nobody's scratching mine. What is going on with this? Maybe you need to have some real talk with God. You can't possibly serve if you haven't been sent by Christ first. But maybe you're wrong now. And you need some tea from Jesus. Jesus would take time often to be along with the Father. And those times, I believe that our Messiah was receiving that same kind of encouragement, comfort, and love, participating from the Holy Spirit, affection, sympathy. I believe that's what he was receiving when he would go away. Why else would he go away in the middle of the night to just like drone Bible verses or something out of legalism? 
know he is receiving encouragement from his father. I'm not saying that I can't call these scriptures, don't don't put that out of context. It comes to meditating on the scriptures, but we have to let the, the word of God read us and the Holy Spirit of God illuminate that text to hear his love for us. To recognize the spirit in our lives. He sends his presence with us when we're alone. You can receive that today. You can receive that. You can receive that today. One on one, from a father asking a brother or sister to be a part of the story. And just reach out and say, hey, brother, this is me. Separation from people and from you. So God, I'm asking you, 
and we can dwell with you and do it to me. So would you forgive my sins? Would you be my Savior? Would you make the decisions in my life? Rivalries and factionalism and partisanship get in the way of unity with brothers and sisters in Christ. You've allowed selfish ambition and selfishness to get in the way of good relationships with your sons and your daughters, with your spouse, with your friends, with your co workers, with the people of Broadway Christian Church. Thank you. 